Hi, my name is Scott, and I have read all of the Harry Potter books multiple times. I've seen all of the movies, and like most of my peers, I continue to be a Harry Potter enthusiast to this day. And I'm Becky, and I have never read a Harry Potter book or seen any of the films, which makes me the ultimate muggle. Join us as we make our way through each book, section by section, where Becky will make predictions about what she thinks will happen next. And Scott will try to convince me why it's a good series worth reading and maybe even worth loving. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the last episode of season one of A Muggle's Guide to Hogwarts. We did it. We did it. We made it through the book. This is a show where we explore the Harry Potter series with a ultimate muggle, someone who has never read the books, have n- never seen the movies, and literally never wants to. But we asked her very nicely to do it for this podcast. And here we are at the end of book one. We just finished reading through the final two chapters of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And we're here to talk about it. Yeah. Okay, just to remind everyone, chapter 16 and 17, the last two chapters of the book, are the ones that we're covering here. And chapter 16 is called Through the Chap Door, and chapter 17 is called The Man with Two Faces. And to very quickly sum up what happens... Harry and the gang go through the trapdoor under Fluffy. They go through a series of tasks and challenges and have to beat a number of enchantments to get to the final chamber where Harry discovers Quirrell is the guy helping Voldemort trying to get the Sorcerer's Stone. And then something happens and everything works out in the end. And that's the end of the book. Crazy. I know. So what did you think? First of all, I also think that my predictions were fairly close i mean definitely definitely some of the details were wrong but um yeah them kind of like going through the sets of rooms and riddles was really interesting and and very cinematic i'm actually excited to see kind of like that portion in the movie if they do it the same or how they do it that could be very cool yeah your predictions were Very spot on. I mean, I did help you out a little bit because I gave you like the chambers, the major chambers. Right. I said there's the chamber with devil snare, the chamber with the keys, the Mm -hmm. chamber with the potions and whatnot. So I I wanted to set you up with that. And I didn't want to be like, there's the underground, I don't know, chambers. Yeah. I wanted to help you out a little bit. But I think that helped a lot because you were really, really good with your predictions. <laughs> what impressed me was you knew, like when I said chamber with the keys, mm. you knew that there would be like hundreds of keys yeah. and they would have to find the right key to get yeah, through. Yeah, I, I didn't necessarily picture them being these like weird bird-like creatures. I thought it was just like, the walls would be lined with keys, you know? Yeah, Yeah, the bird thing. (laughs) I felt really bad for that bird key that got, like, shoved in the 
And he had a little bent wing. Yeah. That was sad. It's, it's a key. It's but not a real live living thing. Is it a key thing. or is it a bird? No, it's a key. It's a key that was enchanted by Professor Flitwick to fly around. But does it have a brain if it has to fly around? No. <laughs> it's a key. It's an inanimate object that has been animated. But it's a little bit sad to think about a crumpled wing. I know the way they describe it, like after they shove it in the door. It's like it it flew away. I don't know what is what they say. I don't know. It just was personified. Crumpled or a bit too much to think of it as an inanimate object. Yeah. Well, I was (laughs) trying to do that. But yeah, you were spot on about the key prediction. You were also Pretty good with chess because you knew that Ron mm-hmm. would take the lead in the chess game. Mm-hmm. And oh, I also liked how you mentioned that you thought Harry would use his seeker skills. Yeah, which did not really come into play well, for it, that for that section. It didn't happen right where you thought it would happen, mm-hmm. but it did happen with the keys. Yeah. yeah, and they even mentioned like Harry, the youngest seeker in a mm-hmm. century. Was going to catch that key. Yeah. And then they did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Let's back up to chapter 16, because I feel like a lot of stuff happened to set up Mm -hmm. the chambers. First of all, what is a snuff box? I don't know. It said something about all of these ornamental snuff boxes, and to me, that just sounds like a place you keep your drugs. Well, that was something they had to transfigure. They transfigured something in, like a rat into Mm -hmm. a snuff box. Yeah. I don't know what a snuff box is. Yeah, it makes me think of drugs, but maybe it's like something normal. Maybe it's something normal. Maybe it's like a little rat house. (laughs) I don't think it's a rat house, but maybe it's just more normal in British culture. Professor McGonagall watched them turn a mouse into a snuff box. Points were given for how pretty the snuff box was. Here, I'll look it up. I'll look up what a snuff box is. Hold on. (laughs) Turned a mouse into a snuff box. Okay. According to dictionary.com, a snuff box is a small ornamental box for holding snuff. <laughs> for holding snuff? So is it like a little like a little pill box? And like a little snuff, Altoid can type thing? And snuff is powdered tobacco that is sniffed up the nostril rather than smoked. Yeah, that's what we okay, thought it was. Okay, yeah. So that seems a little weird. Yeah, they're 11. Yeah, that seems a bit odd. Okay, well. Okay, well, now we know. Uh, Another thing that was weird to me was when, like, the kids were, like, you know, playing outside after their exams, and they were just casually tickling a giant squid. Yeah. You haven't heard (laughs) much about the giant squid, have you? Is that a thing? Yeah, there's a giant squid that lives in the lake in Hogwarts. No, they haven't mentioned it yet. I don't think. I guess not. Maybe they haven't. It seemed so random. And also giant squid are very dangerous. Also, they don't live in lakes. Also, they don't live in lakes. Also, like, it was just thrown out there so casually. Yeah. And I just thought it was really funny. If if it gets brought up again, I guess that makes sense. But I was just like... It's just another magical (laughs) thing about the Hogwarts grounds, you know? But it's not magical it's not like a unicorn like it's not like a fantasy animal well it's magical in the respect that it can be tickled by students (laughs) and it lives in a lake and but it comes up every once in a while like throughout the series you hear about the giant squid it's just there it's just this giant squid that's there like the resident giant squid in the lake every once in a while it comes up what does it eat 
I don't know. Children. Yes, bad students. Yeah, that's what happens when they get expelled. Mm-hmm. Mm. They get spelled. They get thrown right into the lake. <laughs> Gosh. I really like the idyllic way they describe what they do after exams because mm-hmm. I feel like I relate to that going through school after an exam. I would just like want to go outside and lay down on a hill mm-hmm. and be warmed by the sun and not think about anything that just happened. You know? Yeah. Was the only reason they were still there was to get their grades a week later because that's not really a thing. You just like take your exam and you go home and you get your grades whenever they're posted, you know? They made it sound like they just have a week to relax. There's also the Quidditch game that Harry misses because he's in the hospital wing. So that still happens. Okay, so there's a Quidditch game and I guess they have their big banquet. And they have the banquet. Maybe there were some other like post-school fun activities. I think it's kind of nice like just to get a week off just to relax at Hogwarts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm just saying like that's that just doesn't really happen. At my school where I went to college, there was a senior week at the end of classes after all the students had gone. Seniors would hang out for mm. a week before graduation. Well, that makes sense because you have graduation. Yeah. To like. But it kind of made me think of that kind of yeah. scenario. Okay. But that every student gets to experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm not against it. I just, I thought it was funny. Yeah. I don't think much else happened except, okay, so. Well, the fluffy thing happened in that chapter. They All the chambers happened in that chapter. All the chambers? Oh. All of the chambers are in that chapter. But also they learn that Hagrid is a terrible drunk and gives mm. out really critical information. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think you kind of a little bit ruined that last episode know, where you're talking I about know. the pub. I just thought it was literally just some random guy he gambled to, but I didn't, you know, then then they made us think that it was uh, Voldemort for a while because he was the hooded mm-hmm. figure, right? So then they found out how to get past Fluffy and they saw all the pieces coming into place and... We also learn that Professor McGonagall doesn't take students seriously when they bring up really important things that they shouldn't know about. Right. Yeah, because she just wrote them off. Mm-hmm. We also know that Dumbledore can be easily tricked by a fake letter right. calling him to the Ministry of Magic. We also know that he apparently takes the slowest form of travel to the Ministry of Magic. Later, so this is this is interesting to me because this is... I think a glimpse into the insight of how J.K. Rowling is developing this world in the book series. Mm -hmm. Because later on, we learn that there's this thing called apparition where Mm -hmm. wizards can just disappear and reappear Mm -hmm. wherever they want. And actually, now that I think about it, this happens at the beginning of this book is Dumbledore apparates to where Harry lives, Mm -hmm. Privet Drive. He just shows up there. It's also revealed later in the book series that Wizards cannot apparate on school grounds. Like the Hogwarts grounds are protected. They have some enchantment that prevents that from happening. Mm. But you can apparate right outside of school grounds and then just walk into school grounds. And so it's weird to me that Dumbledore, being like the most powerful wizard ever, would fly to London. Mm -hmm. He said he flew off to London. Right. On like a broom or. I'm assuming on a broom. Or some other form of flying travel. But it's weird to me that he wouldn't just like pop over outside of school grounds, right. apparate away, realize it was a mistake, and then be back in like 30 seconds mm-hmm. rather than it taking all night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
that's, yeah, that's that odd is to me. But it's I think that's a little bit of insight into like how the world was developing, and she wasn't sure of like all of mm-hmm. all of what was allowed and all the magical things that existed. Right, and they I mean they had to get Dumbledore away, and then yeah, it's important for the story. Okay, let's talk about the chambers. First of all, they fall for miles. Mm-hmm. It says they're miles under the school. And like, how long would you have to fall to fall for miles? Not only that, but the corridor where Fluffy is, is on the third floor. Sure. So they're above, they're a few floors above like the ground level of the Mm -hmm. castle. And then there's like dungeons and lower levels in the castle. Mm -hmm. And they enter this hatch and they think they're miles underneath of the school. Yeah. Maybe and maybe that's just naivety. I guess. I mean, I, I I liked they used the visual, like that the trap door light was the size of a postage stamp. So like I can visualize that. Like that's a pretty big fall. So like they fell for quite a few seconds and then maybe plopped. But miles, I just feel like would take like I don't know minutes. <laughs> so just to give you some perspective, the. Lowest point, the deepest point on the planet mm-hmm. is Challenger Deep in the Marianas Trench. Yeah, that's like seven miles. That's seven miles. It's almost seven miles. Mm-hmm. And the Grand Canyon is only a mile down. Mm-hmm. So they fell somewhere between the Grand Canyon in depth <laughs> and the Marianas Trench. Yeah, I guess I'm just wondering, okay, if you fall at 30 feet per second, I don't feel like doing the math right now, but I just feel like miles was a, a pretty big exaggeration. Yeah, it, it would probably, <laughs> like, kids just overestimating how far yeah. they actually Well, it fell. reminds me of the scene in Spy Kids, which is, like, one of my guilty pleasure movies from when I was younger and maybe still to this day. Did, have you ever seen where they fall for, like, hours oh my goodness i haven't seen spy kids <laughs> it actually it actually might be in spy kids too if that tells you how much of a dork i am but they fall for like hours and then finally it's revealed that it's just like a an air shaft they're just being like they just feel like they're falling oh. but it's just like air blowing up and they only fell like 40 feet or yeah. whatever yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh but that's kind of what i pictured if they were falling for yeah. miles <laughs> That's pretty funny. And I think it's just supposed to emphasize, like, they feel like they're... Yeah, it's way down there. Down and isolated. Yeah. That plant must have been, like, super soft and, like, absorbing to fall for that long, though. Yeah, it must be a very comfortable plant. I mean, even, like, water would feel like concrete. So, yeah, it must have been, like, the memory foam of plants. Oh, man, now I want to land on that plant. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I did not know that devil devil snare was a plant. That you was... thought you said maybe it's a flower. You did, did say I? that. Yeah. Huh. You were confused for a little bit because I wrote devil snare instead of the devil snare. Yeah. And then and then you were like, maybe it's a flower. So you were kind of you thought about it. Okay. Hmm. Good for me. Yeah. Okay. I remember saying it was some kind of trap or a drum, mm-hmm. but I was pretty sure it wasn't a drum. What was your favorite challenge chamber with a enchantment mm. they had to get by? Mm-hmm. 
I think probably the potions one. Yeah. The riddle one. I, I thought it would be that one. <laughs> yeah. I remember problems like that, like logic problems mm-hmm. from my younger days where it was like two people, but this person, not this person. And you had to kind of like figure out certain things. That was interesting. I also liked how Hermione slid in there that like a lot of wizards don't have logic because they rely on their magic, which is kind of yeah. a funny thing yeah. to think about. Because doesn't she come from a home that's like split or she comes from muggle parents? She comes from strictly muggle parents. Okay, so she kind of has an advantage, I guess, a little bit because she hasn't grown up relying on magic the same way that like the Weasleys might exactly. have. Exactly. Mm. She knows how to think logically where a lot of wizards don't because they just use magic to solve all their problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. That was a cool one. And I even liked the room, how it was set up with like black fire on one side and purple fire on the other side. What do you think of the chess match? It was interesting, but I, I thought it could have been more interesting, yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. We're going to watch the movie next, but uh-huh. I'm pretty sure in the movie they reenact like a famous chess match mm. that wins in the same way that Ron won in the book. Oh, like a famous chess match from like from from real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, from real cool. life. I'm pretty sure that like the moves and the positions people have pinpointed what, what specific game? match. Yeah, nice. which is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I did like it because I mean, you and I play chess a lot, so it was interesting to see that. But I felt like it it could have been built up a little more. Honestly, I felt like they rushed through the chambers a lot. I felt like half the book could have been (laughs) the chambers. It was just like, we have to solve this problem. Great, it's this one. Let's go. (laughs) Chapter 16 was bam, 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 bam. Okay, we're done. Yeah. It happened so quickly. Yeah, yeah. I felt like there could have been a little more development. We could have really seen what the stakes were on the chess game, you know, because as it was, we didn't really know what was going on. We just had to, you know, know that... Ron's horse had to be taken. Yeah, it was cool. I did not anticipate kind of like Harry having to do the final moments alone Mm -hmm. that Ron and Hermione both had reasons that they couldn't follow him to the final chamber. So that was interesting. I thought they would all be there together, you know, like I said, like beating the big boss guy or whatever. But I understand why they did it. They needed to even show more like that dichotomy, that good versus evil, that Harry mm-hmm. versus Voldemort V-dog. and V Dog. And uh, what a twist that it was Professor Quarrel and not Snape. I know. Do you remember reading that when you were like young and first reading it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah, when I was young. Uh huh. I really thought it was going to be Snape. Oh, yeah. I was very shocked when it was Quirrell and very confused. Really? And luckily, Quirrell explains everything immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Because the whole time, the whole book, he's, you know, stuttering and he kind of seems like Snape's lackey. Mm -hmm. And then it kind of just turns everything on its head, which is really interesting. And then they found out that Quirrell was the like the reason they met him, the reason we met him at the bar before we met any of the other professors was because he was also there to go to Gringotts mm-hmm. and potentially steal the Sorcerer's Stone. So that was a nice tie-in. But yeah, so Professor Quarrel's a bad guy. That's pretty crazy. And Snape was trying to save Harry the entire time. Yeah, that's that's a little 
unbelievable for the way he's been treating him this whole time, but I get it. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, Snape's a dick. Yeah, kind of. He's a total dick. Yeah, he's a D-bag. Then there's Quirrell is like half of his body is inhabited by Voldemort, which is crazy. And you did a really creepy voice for Voldemort that scared me coming out of like the back of someone's head. So does his head turn around or is it just like the back of his head? It's just the back of his head because mm-hmm. in in the book they mentioned that Quirrell is like walking backwards to try and get close to Harry so Voldemort can see him. So it's oh. just the back of his head and then Quirrell's <laughs> facing the other way and walking backwards trying to direct <laughs> Voldemort around. Yeah, that's that's funny. So they try and set up that Voldemort is in the turban or they like give hints about Voldemort being in the turban throughout the book because they talk about this weird smell in the turban. They even at one point talk about Fred and George like throwing snowballs at the back of his head to hit his turban. Mm. So that's kind of funny to think about. Oh, I miss that. Yeah, that's like there's little subtle clues throughout the book about how the plot is going to is going to turn out. Yeah, that's, that would be a, like you'd have to go back and read it and like exactly. actively look for them. Yeah, and then I think my biggest kind of like, ooh, that was really cool, but I'm not sure I like quite get it, is how the stone got into Harry's pocket. Mm-hmm. Harry's trying to look at the mirror so that, and he's trying to really make sure the thing he wants most in the world is to find the stone. Mm-hmm. Quirrell doesn't know how the mirror works and is trying to like find like a secret knob or a secret compartment or something because he doesn't know where the stone is either. So did Dumbledore just put a spell on this stone when he hit it down here? Yeah, Dumbledore did something with the stone in the mirror. And so he like changed the enchantment on the mirror to be you have to want to find the stone but not want to use the stone. So people, someone that came up to that mirror that wanted to find the stone, but not use the stone would get the stone. And that's what Harry did. Harry Mm -hmm. said, I want most in the world right now is to get the stone before Quirrell does. And so he was able to get the stone and the stone just fell into his pocket. But Quirrell, whose intention was to use it for his master, Mm would never be able to get it. Right. See, but to me, that's not changing the enchantment on the mirror. The mirror is still just showing you what your biggest desire is, right? Yeah. But so the enchantment had to be put on the stone. Yeah, you might be right. But there's still like a tiny bit of a missing link. And I think they're just banking on like, don't think too hard about it. (laughs) That's what a lot of this book is. A lot of this book is don't think too hard. This is just fun. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I mean, it is a cool, like a very cool, um, almost like, I don't know, like a fight club type ending where it's like, oh, then the stone's in my pocket. Like where like, it's a cool image of like him looking at it, seeing where to find it and then noticing it's already on him. That is cool. But I think, yeah, you just have to kind of like, skate over the like wait so what <laughs> i would also like to point out that this challenge with the mirror makes every other one null because 
there's no way to get the stone mm. unless you unless you don't want to use it. And so anyone that's trying to get the stone, presumably, would be wanting to get the stone to use the stone. Mm-hmm. So all you need is that mirror. Right. Put that mirror. City Hall. Put anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Put that mirror anywhere and no one's going to be able to get it. Sure. That made every other challenge prior to that kind of irrelevant. And also, why would any challenges let you move past the challenge? Like, you're trying to protect the stone. So, mm-hmm. like, why would it be like find a key to unlock the door to get closer to the stone? Why wouldn't it be just like you can't get past this challenge? Like, right. this is a wall that you can't get past. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It just seems like it's inviting people to try and get the stone. Yeah. Also, I mean, it's possible that Dumbledore hadn't figured that out yet and hadn't, like, he wanted to do something with the mirror, but he mm-hmm. hadn't quite decided what to do. And so maybe those other challenges were important at the beginning, but later on he figured out something that would be impenetrable. It also makes everything that Harry and his friends do pointless. Like, if Harry wasn't there at the end, Quirrell would never have found the stone. Dumbledore would right. have showed up and then... A little bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy, yeah. like, again. <laughs> just just be a student. Go through school. Don't worry about it. Yep. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Quirrell could have never found it without Harry being there. Yeah. That's a good point. I feel like a lot of these stories are like that. Really? Yeah. Once we read some of the other books, you'll see what I mean. Okay. Okay. So then Quirrell can't touch Harry's skin mm-hmm. because love. Because love. <laughs> because his mother loved him so much uh-huh. when he was a baby Yeah. that someone so evil can't touch him. Isn't that so unsatisfying as an answer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that really is unsatisfying to me. Well- Harry, it's because your mom loved you. That's why you survived. (laughs) A mother's love. Yeah, and it's, oh, it's funny kind of to tie it back to like our very first episode where I talked about how I wasn't allowed to read it because of my parents being uber religious, but I was allowed to read like Narnia and all these other things because there were like kind of like direct Christian parallels. I could totally see a way that this book could be spun in like a Christian way. Mm-hmm. Like, and and I think there actually even are books that have already done this, but like it just, you, you know, like he's untouchable because of this love that, and the evil can't get to him. Like I could totally see that. So it just to me like further shows like the ridiculousness of like why this was such a banned book and why this is still kind of a taboo topic. Like it's all arbitrary. Like you're just picking and choosing what magic you want to believe in and what you Don't. (laughs) Well, people that are against Harry Potter are against it because on surface level, it's about witches and magic. And that's it. So is Narnia. Yeah, but that book is made very clear that it's about Christmas. Yeah. The main Christmas. Isn't it about Christmas? (laughs) I mean, not all about Christmas. Isn't that the whole plot? It's is that winter is there, but no Christmas ever shows up. It's always sure. winter, but no That's Christmas. That's kind of like subtext, like not subtext. I but haven't like read Narnia in a long time. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a podcast where okay, we read Narnia. Right. Actually, I don't think I, <laughs> I, I think I'm good on that. But yeah, I, I guess I'm just pointing out that like it's ridiculous. It could totally be shown through the same lens if you wanted it to. I mean, all of it's just stories of good versus evil. Anyway, yeah, his his mother's love protected him 
even in her death, he is protected from evil. And I don't know, is that going to like be the way he continues to fight evil for the rest of this series? <laughs> like, if that's true. This, this mother's love thing, this love thing, magic. This love thing, magic. It is a reoccurring thing. Uh-huh. And it's pretty important. Okay. It's it's not only that, you know, his his parents loved him and his mom loved him, but it's that she sacrificed herself to save him. Mm-hmm. And it some of the other books go into detail about how it represents this kind of more ancient magic mm. and a type of magic that Voldemort can't understand because he doesn't understand love. Because his mother didn't love him. Right. <laughs> He doesn't understand love. He doesn't understand what it would mean to make a sacrifice like that. Mm-hmm. And and so it is a, a prominent thing that comes up many times throughout the series. Mm-hmm. But it is also always a little unsatisfying mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll come up a lot. Yeah. Okay, so then Harry like passes out pretty much mm-hmm. or gets unconscious. And Dumbledore, I guess, did come back just in the nick of time and save him. And I thought that the end had a lot of charm to it, especially with, like, Dumbledore kind of talking to Harry and giving him some more information. And then, like, the Mr. Bot's beans. Is that what it's called? Birdie Bot's every flavored beans. Yes. Those come back in and, like, exactly what happened to you whenever we did the bean thing happened to him. (laughs) When I, like, tried to give you, like, a nice flavor and he was like, oh, earwax. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That was a nice tie-in. Then the whole thing ended. I'm obviously very disappointed that Harry has to go back and live with the Dursleys for the summer again since they're you know abusive but hopefully he's in a little bit of better spirits now and he has his friends and he has something to look forward to i also want to point out that you got the whole house cup thing right too well that you were like mcgonagall's gonna hand out one million points to gryffindor (laughs) and that is such a hair it's such a harry potter meme of dumbledore just going like (laughs) Fuck Slytherin. Fuck all the other houses. You guys get just the right amount of points to win. <laughs> it's... Yeah. It's like, okay, I know we're on that side, but like those other houses worked really hard to earn. Everything's there. already decorated for Slytherin, but fuck you guys. Also, Neville coming in with the final 10 points. Like what? What is this Neville character and why yeah, it's, is he? It's funny to me that you are confused by Neville. I like that a lot. Why does he? He doesn't really like move the plot forward and he's not really that likable. And then he gets the final 10 arbitrary points for trying to stop his friends from doing it. It's just, it's so silly. It's so silly. Yeah. Oh man! Ron, you played a great game of chess. Here's fifty points. Yeah, Hermione, (laughs) you figured out a puzzle. Here's fifty points. Harry, I'm gonna give you ten more points because you're more special than both Ron and Hermione. So here's sixty points. Neville, why don't you get some points too? Yeah, Yeah, Gryffindor needs doing this. (laughs) So it's so funny. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. I I just don't really quite understand like the points thing. I'm trying to think like what is the equivalent in Muggle world 
I don't know, I guess like sometimes there would be contests at school and if you're class one, you get a pizza party or something. Yeah. Just like bragging rights. It's just bragging rights. I mean, they all, they're all there at the feast. It's just a way of unifying the houses and I don't know, friendly competition, but it's People not very it friendly. Way too seriously. Yeah. It's pretty intense actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's how the book ended. Yeah. So was this supposed to be a standalone book or was it clearly setting up for a series? I think it was clearly setting up for a series because this is the first year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the intention was she would write seven books for the seven years. I think that was originally the intention. But I think at this point in her story writing, and people may disagree with me, and that's okay, but I believe that she had no fucking clue what the hell was going to happen. And there are several reasons I think that. I'll have to reveal some of them later on when we're going through some of the other books. Okay. But I think she wrote this, and it can serve as a standalone book. Like, here is... Harry's first year at Hogwarts and he goes home and like it wraps up nicely. Like if there was only one book written, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the second book. It's kind of in a similar format where if there's only two books written, that's okay. And then I think in the third book, she starts to think about the larger story and Mm -hmm. how things are tied together and where it's going to go from there. So I think the third book is when it opens up and you actually start learning about lore and more in depth in the characters and more important characters are introduced and but i think the first book especially is just here's a fun book it's for kids it's Mm -hmm. about magic everything works out nicely but clearly like voldemort is still hanging around they even say like he might come back is he still in quarrels i guess they didn't really say if quarrel like died yeah quarrel's dead quarrel is dead dead yeah Harry, dead. Harry killed a person. Yes. Harry killed a real person uh-huh. by burning his skin alive. Technically, I think people would argue that Voldemort killed him because Dumble said that Voldemort fled. And then with, when Voldemort let his body, he wasn't strong enough to like mm, survive. So okay. I think technically it would be Harry didn't kill this person. Well, it was it also was clearly quarrel. self-defense. Yeah. But, you know, he murdered someone with his bare hands and he's got to live with that. Yeah. <laughs> He's okay with it. Even if it he never, was... He never really thinks problem. about it ever again. It's fine. <laughs> no guilty conscience. No, he's good. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think this is a standalone book. I think J.K. Rowling really had not thought about the mm-hmm. ending of the series. She knew like at the end of the series, Harry will be done seven years at school and probably defeat Voldemort somehow. But there are so many things that get introduced very late in the story that are very critical mm. uh, that I think she, a lot of things she, she just kind of adds in when she realizes that she needs to. Yeah, I think one of the like overarching themes, which I think since I'm not doing any predictions, I think maybe we just wanted to talk about the series as a whole or larger themes for the series. But they mentioned, I think, Dumbledore, when he's talking to Harry in the hospital, mentions that Voldemort can't die Mm -hmm. and i think harry's gonna have to figure out a way to get voldemort to like actually die and that's gonna be something that is kind of like the big showdown yeah once harry figures out how to actually kill him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. probably more love maybe more mother's love it's probably just lots of love 
If he LOL. can, if he can grow to learn to love Voldemort, that will yeah. Him. Maybe that's how you defeat him. You love him. Maybe that's it. I want. I want to talk about your overall thoughts of the book. All in all, I thought the book was decent. I thought it was clever. There were some really fun moments. There were clearly a lot of like plot holes and things like that under development that you have to just kind of like go with. But I'm also reading this as a 34-year-old person and not an 11-year-old yeah. child. Yeah. Uh, so that might play into it. I enjoyed reading it. I enjoyed a lot of the characters. I wouldn't say that I'm like super invested in like a big overarching story yet. Mm -hmm. So maybe in the next book or like you said, in the third book, if it starts kind of like getting more fleshed out, I'll be a little more invested. But right now I'd be like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I didn't hate it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. I think if you read this as an 11 year old kid, you're just mystified mm -hmm. by what's going on and you're caught up in the magic of it. And you also see yourself in Harry's shoes, you know, or mm -hmm. in Hogwarts and you want to experience that. And I think that's really special. And that's why a lot of people or young children gravitate to the series. But I do think that the story actually gets good mm. in book three. Okay. So for you as an adult, who's not as mystified by the book series, maybe you'll feel more invested in it mm -hmm. when we get to book three. Okay. Yeah. What was your least favorite character in the story? Is it Neville? No, I don't hate Neville. He's just like, what is he doing there? Um, my least favorite character. I'm trying to think. Because my least favorite would be someone that like either didn't make sense or Peeves was just kind of like stupid to me. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I think he's supposed to be like fun. But he was just kind of annoying. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely annoying. What was your most favorite character? I, mean, I think I like Dumbledore. It's not Harry or Hermione or Ron. Uh, I really appreciated and liked how good of a friend Harry was. And he was always standing up for his friends. And I thought he was very brave, especially for being abused all his life, that he was still able to stand up for injustices um and i really respected that and i think hermione is growing on me but we'll see still a little annoying okay okay i have one final question for you okay how does it feel now that you're not the ultimate muggle oof oof i felt that one it's it's a little odd, even like at the beginning of the podcast when you kind of, you know, do your spiel and you're like someone who's never read the books and never seen the movies. And I'm like, oof, can't say that anymore. <laughs> you're indoctrinated. <laughs> Not so much that. I would say that it has changed my life in small ways. Like you and I will now actually make Harry Potter references together so instead of like something happening and you looking at me and being like, oh yeah, you don't know anything about that. And just kind of like joking with me in that way, 
There have been a few instances, either you have said something and I've understood, or I've made a Harry Potter reference. I can't remember him. I'm trying to remember one. But so it's just changed that dynamic a little bit. How has that been? Can I ask, how has that been for you? Like, do you like that I am in on some of these things now? Like, how do you feel about it? Yes, of course I like it. (laughs) This was clearly just a ploy to get you to read the book. This is what I had to do to get you to read the book with me. We're not even actually releasing these episodes, are we? This is all like... I had to set up a whole (laughs) fake podcast and dedicate all of this time just to get you to read the book with me. Mm -hmm. No, yeah, I'm super pumped that I can make... I think I made one last night. We were watching a movie or something, and I said... I forget what I said, but I made a Harry Potter reference and you were like, I get that reference. Uh And I was like, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice. Yes, it's wonderful. There are still things. There's still a lot of things I don't know, though. Like I'll see, you know, memes or whatever scrolling through Instagram every once in a while. And I have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Well, there's seven books. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. we, We got a long way to go. Yeah. I I say like it does feel a little bit different but in my day-to-day life you know I don't know that it's making like a huge difference there but I can't tell right now it just feels too weird to kind of like know all these references and stuff like I'm Mm -hmm. just like I can't tell if I'm like happy that I know them or if it's kind of like a mixture of that and kind of like that loss of ignorance I don't know and I'm just gonna keep on getting less and less (laughs) ignorant about it as as we continue to read these books and I'll be completely demuggled. Ooh, that could have been our the name of our podcast too. <laughs> demuggled. <laughs> if we get sued by that other one, we'll change it to demuggled. <laughs> well, thank you for reading the book with me mm-hmm. and I apologize for stripping you of that <laughs> ultimate muggle title. It's all right. I had to go sometime. Thank you to everyone for listening. We really appreciate it. We hope you had a good time going through Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone with us and listening to all of Becky's ridiculous predictions. We are going to do a bonus episode next week where we're going to actually watch the first movie. And we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about what we think of the movie. The movie is pretty close to the book, so it probably won't be a long episode. But you're welcome to join us for that to hear our thoughts and Becky's thoughts on the movies. And also, we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear from all the dozens and dozens of listeners of our podcast. (laughs) We want to hear about your favorite Harry Potter memory. Yeah, I want to hear your stories. I think it would help me maybe get a little more excited about it if I could hear kind of like what made it magical for you and just kind of tap into that like childhood innocence of yeah. it. Yeah, I want to hear either like waiting in line for the books to come out or like Harry Potter World or anything that like made a big impact on you. Let me know. So please, if you feel so inclined, you can send us a message on Twitter at, at Muggles Guide. You can send us a message on Instagram at Muggles Guide Podcast. We also have an email address. It's muggles.guidepodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send us an email and tell us your favorite Harry Potter memories. I'm also going to leave the uh, all of those things in the show notes below. So you can just 
click on the podcast, click on the show notes, and uh, those links will be there if you want to send us your favorite memories. Yeah, and we'll pick a couple. We'll read them on air and just kind of build this community a little more. And then after this, we're going to take a couple weeks off. Yeah. We got some things going on, and we are planning to jump back into book two shortly. Yeah, we're going to take some time. We'll probably take a month off just to rest and recover a little bit. <laughs> so and worn prepare, out from reading this. <laughs> prepare mentally for Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Ooh. Yes. Thanks, everyone. We will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.